From Bregman MD, where we're all about psych solutions, I'm your host, Linda Corley, and this is The Breakdown with Dr. B. Let's face it, sleep is underrated. You know, it's the source of a great mood, stamina, vibrancy, energy, and just overall health. We all need different amounts, but a solid eight hours is a healthy amount for most people. Now today, Dr. B, we're going to talk about one of your favorite subjects. We're going to talk about sleep, how to get a good night's rest, and what to do if nothing works. In my practice, there's nothing more prevalent than people's sleep issues. Uh, We all know if you don't get enough sleep, you start getting sick. We all know that it lowers all the immune globules. People are much more amenable to catching all kinds of uh, illnesses, not just plague. So that's certainly big. The thing is, when people don't sleep, they also have dietary issues. You know, they eat in the middle of the night, when you're going to gain weight. So it causes all kinds of health problems because people start gaining weight. Then in a minute you start gaining weight, what do you have? We all know you get diabetes, high blood pressure, you have heart disease. I mean, it definitely improves your resilience to stress. You know, if you had a good night's sleep, you know, you're calmer and you could deal with people a lot better. And then really all your cognitive functions are improved. You know, you make better decisions. You know, when you had a good night's rest, you know, you think clearly, and then maybe you could make some real good decisions about your life. And certainly when it comes to the last one, not underrated, is social interaction. You know, when we're rested, we're more patient with people. We're not cranky. We listen to them better. We process things better. We're there with them. So I think there's the benefits right there in a nutshell. On the other side of that, sleep deprivation is not something you want to fool around with. To the new mommies out there, Oh, I can relate to you. You're sleep deprived. You know, after spending last weekend with my grandson taking care of him, I have to say it's not easy for the mommies. You know, to go off on a side road, Dr. B, postpartum depression, does that have anything? I know it's hormonal, but does that have anything to do with sleep deprivation? I'm thinking so. Oh, Linda, postpartum depression is a real entity. I see it a tremendous amount in my practice. I've suspended people from being on antidepressants during their pregnancy. And then this is a real issue. Women that um, have a mood disorders, they're very prone to this. And what happens is sleep issues become paramount. And it's very important that those people get treated. I think we should do a whole different thing on postpartum depression, you know, to really give it justice. But certainly there's a sleeping issue. So describe a sleeping issue. You know, I I know people out there are thinking, well, you know, I didn't sleep so well last night. It's it's habitual. So describe or define a sleep disorder, a sleep problem. What we're talking about is insomnia. That's a whole other podcast that I want to follow up on. No, but today we're really talking about people who have just kind of sleeping issues, but maybe not a full-blown insomnia, you know, where you don't sleep well, 
for three months. It's um, at least three times a week. You have daytime sleepiness. You're not functioning. It's a whole different story. So we're here today. We're focusing more on you know maybe the people here who maybe having some problems sleeping, and we could help them out with that. But they don't have like really a definition of insomnia. So what I understand, there are three categories for sleep issues. Tell us about those. Now the first one is can't fall asleep. Okay, in these cases, you can't fall asleep to begin with, and what what happens is in these individuals, they're very worried. A lot of times, they have a lot of OCD issues. They're kind of a little upset. In terms of your body rhythms, it's important to go and be sleepy at the same time, sleep the right amount at the right time, and that's what I help people with right away. In terms of just can't fall asleep. You know, you get wound up at night. I know you're watching a movie. I work late at night sometimes. I'm writing. My brain is stimulated. I cannot fall asleep. I think what you're saying is, no, 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 no. Don't do anything really stimulating at night, right? And also try to go to bed at the same time every night. Get on a schedule. Really, what we're talking about is, in psychiatric terms, hyperarousal states. In other words. You want to wind down to go to sleep. You don't want to be hyper aroused. So a lot of the tips I'll give later will deal with dealing with hyper arousal states and be able to calm yourself down. And a lot of people who don't have a real true insomnia a diagnosis, they could really benefit from learning techniques on hyper arousal. The second is can't stay asleep. Oh. It's a whole little different category here. A lot of patients here, and they've waking up in the middle of the night, walking around, can't settle back down. These people really have a lot of unfinished business of the day. That's really what that's about, and they start really worrying. And there's a lot of other reasons too, of course. So just settle back down. Then the early morning awakening is number three. This. Is a little bit more significant in terms of me doing all my histories. Anybody who has this, I'm alerted to signs of depression, and you know that means you know that you just get up. You know, usually get up at seven, and now you're getting up at five, and you can't fall. You go back to sleep. We call that early morning awakening, and that really is a sign of depression, and that's where we're a little bit more alarmed. And maybe could use some medical management. Okay, so I'm confused.、Um, how does category two, where you're waking up in the middle of the night, differ from waking up early? Isn't that sort of the same thing? Middle of the night is you went to sleep at eight, nine, and you're now up at two, and you can't go back to sleep. Early morning awakening is supposed to wake up at seven, but now you're up at four or five, and you can't go back to sleep. Yeah, it sounds like an unquiet mind.、Uh, it's not a good thing, Lynn. That people really get concerned about it, and they should be. So there's different age group categories for sleep. Like babies, they they are supposed to sleep like 17 hours. But then as we get older, you know, much older, grandma, grandpa's, you know, category, we don't seem to need as much sleep. Is that true? Absolutely. I'll go through it quickly. You know, the kids 
if they don't sleep enough, they get very regressed and clingy and, um, you know, they're really unsettled. So the kids, we see lack of sleep causing that. For adolescents, boy, do they get cranky and defiant and antisocial. When it comes to the elderly, there's a shift in sleep. And shift just means earlier sleep. That means you go to sleep earlier and you wake up earlier. And, and that seems to be what happens in that age group. Oh, well, maybe uh, the elderly, they just didn't want to miss anything, so they're just getting less sleep. <laughs> That's funny. Well, if you're out there, you've got sleep problems, listen up, because doctor is going to give us some tips for a good night's sleep. Okay, now I'm going to give you my six top tips, and I got a seventh tip that's real special that I'm saving for the end. First, eliminate those naps. No naps. Then restrict the, I know this isn't easy, the alcohol, the caffeine, stuff like that, in the evening especially. That really helps. And this is a big deal. You know, we eat late. There's something to be said about some of these European countries. They eat the biggest meal in the middle of the day. That's appropriate. So. I know it's a shift and very hard to change diet, but if you could have a bigger meal for lunch that and smaller for dinner, that would help, okay? Then this screen time, you know, around bedtime, get away from these, these lights on the computers and everything. Read a book, do anything you can. There's something about these lights that are really keeping us up, okay? Then like, we can't overemphasize the diet, exercise, People who really do do some sort of exercise regularly do sleep better. So the diet and the, a little bit of exercise, you know, you really have to do a sleep pattern. I get everybody on a schedule. This is the time. And they have to report to me if they have a sleep disorder, their log. And about this is when I go to sleep, this is when I wake up. That will help enormously, okay? So you try to wake up and go to sleep at the same time every day. Now, here's my seventh tip. Use your bedroom and mattress for sleep and sex only. You don't do work there. You don't play video games. You don't do anything just that. You know, I'm a little Freudian, you know, about that stuff. Uh, what do you think about that? My special seventh tip. Well, yeah, I mean, that all makes sense. I did a story a long time ago on feng shui. And the Asian belief is the bedroom is sacred. It's just for sleeping and lovemaking. That's it. It's not a workplace. Because if you're trying to sleep and your computer's in the room, you're thinking about working. I mean, that's just, to me, that's just logical. But if I could add my own little tips, I think scent is really important. Your room should be dark. It should be clean. It should be cool. Throw in some lavender scents. I love to take a bath before I go to sleep because it lowers my body temperature. And again, you know, I'm in clean clothes. I just feel that the whole environment needs to be very advantageous to a good night's sleep. I know you once mentioned to me something about if things get really, really bad, You'd even take a bath in the middle of the night. Yeah, that's my Linda tip. Uh, okay. But I know you have a really good one. It's the military tip. Give us an, a great exercise that the U.S. military uses. Let's face it, this is a trick that helps them fall asleep in situations 
that are less than peaceful, like such as on battlefields. And, and you know this to me, because I'm a hypnotist, okay? I've gotten into things like this, and these guys got it right. So here's what they do, okay? They say, relax the muscles in your face, including your tongue, jaw, and the muscles around the eyes, number one. Number two, drop your shoulders as far down as they go, followed by your upper and lower arms, one side at a time. That's number two. Number three, breathe out, relax. Your chest followed by your legs, starting from the thighs and work down. That's number three. Number four, you should then spend 10 seconds trying to clear your mind before thinking about one of the three following images. These images can be different for everybody, okay? But something that's good for you, you can talk about a canoe. You're in a canoe on a calm lake. Nothing but clear sky, relaxed. That's something you could think about or something that's similar to you. Or you're lying on a black velvet hammock. Just, just relax. Then you say, don't think, don't think, don't think to yourself over and over for about 10 seconds. You know, well, that that's incredibly interesting. I've read that this, te- this technique has worked for 96% of people after six weeks of practice. I, I'm going to try it myself. We should all have it in our bag of tools, something like it so that we could use it. So we have our own tools and we don't need meds. Right, That's you know, it. and we, right? with one in three people in the U.S. suffering from poor sleep, this army trick could provide some really sweet relief to a lot of tired people out there. Well, we're running out of time, doctor, and I just wanted to thank you for all these great tips, and let's go for a good night's sleep tonight. We'll be back for insomnia next. Good night. Good night. From Bregman, MD, you've been listening to the latest episode of The Breakdown with Dr. B. If you'd like more information or to speak to one of our top psychiatrists, just head to our website at BregmanMD.com to book a telepsychiatry visit from the comfort of your home. Hope you've enjoyed our latest podcast. Catch you next time.